What's up, YouTube family? Welcome to the Link Up Church online experience. We're so glad you've chosen to tune in. Before we jump into today's video, we wanna remind you that this channel isn't just for adults. We have content for babies in the Little Linkland section, kids in the Linked Up Kids section, and relevant services for your teenagers from the plug. So grab the whole family because we're about to get started. Be sure to subscribe to this channel so you never miss a video from us. And don't forget to share this video with someone who needs to hear an encouraging message. Let's jump in. This is the new series that we will introduce today, and it's really on the subject of Jesus' last words. And in our introduction today, you'll notice that most of the time when we hear a series on last words, it's really the last words that Jesus said while he was on the cross. But I've been challenged to go a little further, and I've learned uh, that his last words actually were not the words that he shared while he was on the cross. His last words were the words that he shared after his resurrection and prior to his final ascension. And those are the words that we're going to look at today. I think the timing of it is perfect. Uh, this is six weeks that Jesus spends telling his apostles and disciples the most important things uh, that are on his heart. I truly believe that if churches would follow this blueprint right here, I'm really making sure that we align with what our commander-in-chief, what his last instructions were. I really want to make sure we're, we're aligned because, I mean, if we do what he told us to do, the blessing is already built into it. We will succeed and we will prosper. So this is what we're going to look at. We're going to look at his final seven uh, questions and statements that he made uh, as he was dying or as he was actually being resurrect resurrected before his ascension. And this study will look closely at his words, or at the words that Jesus spoke and the period between his resurrection and his ascension. I want you to go with me to Acts chapter 1 and let's read verses 1 through 3 as a foundation text. I am so excited to deliver this to you all this morning. This, this has really changed my life. I've studied all of it. It's just really changed my life and my perspective. And I trust it'll do the same for you. If I, if I wasn't on fire before, I promise you I'm on fire now. And I believe I was on fire before, but it just lit my candle some more. Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. New King James Version says, the former account I made, O Theopolis. And really the former account I made is referring to Luke. Luke is the writer of the book of Acts. I mean, he also wrote the book of Luke's and the uh, Luke. And Theopolis is really just someone that was a trusted friend. Uh, Luke describes him as a friend of God. For a complimentary text, if you want to follow that, you'll also see Theopolis in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 3. But I want to challenge all new parents and those believing to be parents, don't name your child Theopolis. <laughs> they might not like that as they grow up. I know we hear Bible names in the Bible, especially when it's good connected to that person and we name our children. But don't name him Theopolis. Can I trust you all not to do that? All right, let's keep reading here. So it says here, of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up. That, those two words, taken up, uh, means raptured. And it says, after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs or undeniable proofs, being seen by them during 40 days 
and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So I think the timing of this is really good. We are actually within that 40-day window uh, between Jesus' resurrection and his final ascension. So we're going to take the next several weeks prioritizing what he communicated so that we can make it a priority in our lives. How I many know he hung around so that he could share the things that were the dearest to his heart? I don't think any of us, if we were on our deathbed and we just had our last words, I don't think any of us are going to ask for our bank accounts, our cars. No, we're going to share the most important things that are on our heart. Watch this with the people that we love the most. And that's why he hung around was to share the most important things on his heart to the people that he loved the most. So this is, our, our text today is, is around the resurrection morning and uh, first morning after his resurrection. And Jesus' followers, they were grieving and they were heartbroken because the one that they loved had died, or at least they thought he had died. So our, our story today is going to start with a grieving woman named Mary Magdalene. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more about her life in a moment. As she stands outside Jesus' tomb crying, she's mourning his death and the fact that she believes that someone has stolen his body. And anytime you all see the word weak in the scripture, it literally means bitter, it means loud, it means wailing. So if you all can imagine this, it's a lot of bitterness, it is extremely loud, and people are wailing. And wailing is when it is just this, I can't imitate it. It's just this loud screaming, uh, just people are bowled over and just yelling and screaming. You all ever been to home goings like that where just people are yelling and screaming? This is the scene around Jesus' tomb on that morning. So today we're going to start our journey and we're going to look at the seven most important questions and statements that Jesus spoke between his resurrection and his ascension. So we're really talking about it took him 40 days to ascend to the Father. So over the course of this 40 days, how I many you know he is slowly on that journey to his final ascension back to the Father? Let's pick our story up today in John chapter 20, and we're going to read verses 11 through 18. Are you ready? All right, John chapter 20, verses 11 through 18. I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and it says, But Mary stood outside the tomb weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one on the head and the other on the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, because they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. That'll preach right there all by itself. We'll get to that. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples, 
that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things to her. So we're only going to deal with one point each week over the next six weeks or so. Today, point number one is he really asked Mary a two-pronged question. And he said to her, why are you crying and who are you looking for? And what you all have learned today is Jesus is asking us the same two-pronged question. Why are you so distressed and worried? And who is it that you're looking for? How many know sometimes because we're looking for the wrong things, it's causing tears? See, when you don't know what you're looking for, how many know it already produces anxiety in your life? So he asked her a two-pronged question. He says, why are you crying and who are you looking for? There are four points I want to deliver to you today under point number one, and they're all letter. Letter A, how many know Jesus offers us hope? Jesus offers, offers us hope. Hope always has to do with the future. Folks, I came to tell you today that your future is brighter than what you realize right now. I got one amen on the front row. I need one online as well. I came to tell you today that your future is much brighter than what you currently realize. And so Jesus offers hope. His resurrection takes our sadness and it offers hope. Let's dissect verses 11 through 13 together in John chapter 20. Let's read it again. But Mary stood outside by the tomb weeping, and as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, one sitting on the head and the other on the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. Then, she, then they said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Now, I mean, no, you don't ask the question, why are you weeping, unless you're thinking to yourself, she shouldn't be weeping. Is that accurate? Okay, we'll learn some other things as we look a little deeper into this text. Goes on to say here in verse 13 that they had said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, she's going to tell you why she's weeping, because they had taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, this is a lot of where Christians live today. How I many know he's already told us what to do? But what happens is when adversity hits us, we revert back to what we know to do and not what he told us to do. All right. So they asked her, woman, why are you crying? I want you to think about that for a moment. Woman, why are you? It should be obvious, right? Jesus is, in her mind, <laughs> he's dead. See, in a lot of our minds, I wonder if we're worshiping a dead Jesus. See, how I many you know it's easy to go to church every week and not realize he's alive? Let's keep going here today. So they asked her, woman, why are you crying? When she goes to the tomb on that Sunday morning, instead of finding Jesus' body, she finds the stone rolled away and two angels sitting on the slab where his body uh, had been laying. They were dressed in all black for mourning. They should have been dressed in all black for mourning. So it was Jewish custom that from anywhere from seven, depending on the person who had died, from seven to 30 days, that it was permissible for you to mourn. 
but the proper attire for mourning was all black. So how I many you know the two angels sitting there in white should have been a signpost to her that he's not dead? White represented rejoicing. White represented something celebratory. White represented something pure. So the two angels are there dressed in white, uh, and they should have been according to custom. They're dressed in black. That should have been some level of, uh, of a signpost to her. They're not despairing. In their heart, they know Jesus is alive. So they ask the woman, why are you crying? So they're offering her hope in her moment of despair. But notice, because the angels know that Jesus is alive, and because this is Mary Magdalene, and we're going to learn some things about her in a moment, that Jesus had already done a bunch of great things for, and she knew exactly what he said, they're actually a little perplexed that she doesn't know what just took place. So the angels ask her the question. This is the first time she's asked the question, why are you crying? So Mary Magdalene really needs hope right now in this moment. And if you read Mary's history in either Mark or Luke's account, if the media team could put Luke chapter 8 verses 1 through 3 from the New King James Version up on the screen. I actually want to show you this. I was just going to quote it, but I want to show it to you. Jesus Mary, when Mary met Jesus, she was in a really bad place. Does anybody else in here have that testimony? I know when I met Jesus, I was in a really bad place. I was young, confused. Come on, somebody. Just, I saw life backwards. Anybody else in here willing to admit that today? So when Mary Magdalene met Jesus, she was in a really, really, really bad place. Luke's gospel, pull that up, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. Notice in Luke 8, 1 through 3, it says, Now it came to pass afterward that, as, as, that he went through every city and village preaching and bringing glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. Verse 2 here. And certain women who had been healed of evil spirits, uh, evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, watch this, out of whom had come seven demons. I mean, you know, she has some issues. So I want to make sure we have the right Mary that we're talking about here. And so let's continue to read. He had already cast seven demons out of her. Then Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Stewart, and Susanna, and many others who had provided for him from their substance. Now, there's some other things I want to make sure that you understand. Not only was she in a bad place, Mary Magdalene was also a Gentile. So she wasn't even one of the chosen ones that Jesus was sent to. So she's demon-possessed, and she's a Gentile. She's looked down upon as the lowest of the low in that particular custom and that particular region of time. And so Jesus has done a lot for her. So I'm almost wondering if she's crying because her real concern is that maybe I'll have to go back to what I used to be. Maybe the demons will come back if, if Jesus is no longer present. Maybe the community will treat me the way they used to treat me if he's no longer here. 
She's grieving for herself. So when the angels ask Mary, woman, why are you crying? They're actually comforting her. And they're gently calling her to remember all that Jesus had done for her. They're reminding her that she was once almost dead and Jesus saved your life. They're reminding her that if he did it then, he'll do it again. Come on, somebody. Come on, has God ever saved, delivered, healed, prospered anybody in this room? So angels are reminding you today that if he did it before, he'll do it again. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So Jesus asked us the same question. Why are you crying? Why are you upset? Who are you really looking for? Folks, if you get all of your information from the news, you are in trouble. Why does COVID-19 bother you so much? Why does it cause you to retreat and go backwards? Jesus is saying to you, am I alive or not? If I saved you, I can keep you from COVID. See, all we can really say to that is God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Don't hear me wrong. I watch it every day, but I keep it in its context. I follow the CDC as they follow the J-E-S-U-S. And the moment those don't line up, I stay with the J-E-S-U-S. See, we have to be careful, body of Christ, that we don't start worshiping the creation more than we do the creator. And the angels are reminding Mary that if he delivered you from seven demons and he saved your life, you don't think he's still here to take care of you? So this resurrection should transform us by giving all of us a great deal of hope. Because if he's alive, guess what? I'm alive. If he's never lost a battle, then guess what? I've never lost a battle. Letter B, Jesus surprises us with joy. Jesus surprises us with joy. Anyone ever just been going about your day and, and just God just did something within that day that took a day of despair, a day when you were down and he just lifted you up? Anybody ever done that? I mean, went to your mailbox, it was a check there, woke up, pain was gone from your body. Come on, has God surprised anybody in this building, anybody online ever before? You know, I can remember just trying to surprise my wife for her birthday. Her 50th birthday was really uh, one of the funnest things I've ever done in my life. Trying to keep that from her who watches, pays attention to. If you, anything you do changes, she, she checks it out to see what caused it to change. And, and what blessed me the most was she did not have a clue all the way coming into the room on that day that this was, she thought we were having a family night with Marcus D. Wiley. What she didn't know was it was a surprise birthday party for her. And what blessed me the most about that, folks, wasn't the gifts or anything like that. It was the fact that it was truly a surprise to her. God just kissed me on my forehead like that here recently. Uh, this may not mean much to anybody in here, but it means the world to me. 
I love riding my motorcycle. And one of the greatest inconveniences of the world for me was I could not keep my motorcycle in my own garage. So I had to store it at an off-site facility, which meant I have to drive my car down there or have somebody take me down there, get my bike, right? You always got to coordinate your ride. Right At the end of the ride, somebody's got to pick me up from the storage facility and take me back home, all of that. And then just one day, uh, my bike was in the shop. This was just a little surprise that Jesus gave me. And somehow the storage key fell off of the ring. So I drive my bike from from the shop to the storage unit, get there, and I don't have the key to the lock. How many know that right there messed your day up right there? Now I, I know I can't get back in the subdivision, so I've got to park the bike and walk all the way to the house to go get the spare storage key to come back. But just faith rolls up in me, and I said, I'm getting ready to drive to this gate and ask them, can I just go to my house, get my key? I'm not staying. And, t-. and then the guy says, you can bring the bike in. So, you know, I, what do you mean bring the bike in? Explain that to me a little bit. He said, no, we've been meeting. We've been seeing you going over there, and I love your bike. We've been meeting. We've been seeing you go over there to the uh, clubhouse and parking your bike over there, and we've concluded that there are cars that are louder than your bike. The lawnmowers and, and, and building and construction is louder than your bike. And we're looking at rewriting that in the HOA law. So, so, of course, I'm like, put the sticker on right now. He's like, wait a minute. Let me just verify that with uh, the HOA director on Monday. So, you know how many of you know I was there first thing Monday morning, right? And, and, folks, there's a sticker on my bike where I can go in my subdivision. Come on, somebody. And out of my subdivision and park. How many know God loves surprising us when we're least expected, Right? And so, Jesus will surprise us with joy. So, suddenly, a day that was a dead day for Mary, all of a sudden is getting ready to feel alive again. Mary is about to have something happen to her, right? The person that she knows and loves is getting ready to surprise her with joy. Let's read verses 13 and 14. It says, then he said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to him, because they've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. Now, when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, man, listen to this, and did not know that it was Jesus. How many know that's what's happening to a lot of us right now as we're reading this? We can see it in the Word of God, right? You all hear me saying Jesus is alive. But how many of you know we can know that but not believe that? How many of those are two different things? Jesus is so alive that he's literally standing right behind Mary right now. Folks, Jesus is literally so alive, he's sitting right next to you right now. What a surprise. Can you see Jesus right now? See, a lot of us won't believe. We're like Thomas. Unless I can touch him, unless I can thrust my hands, I won't believe. But, folks, he is as real right now and sitting and in your presence right now as I am standing up here ministering to God to you, ministering the Word of God to you. Can you see Jesus? Look at your neighbor because he's right there. He's in all of us. Hello, somebody. Look behind you. He's behind you. 
Say, hey, look, Jesus. See, the angels sing, but Mary can't sing, even though he's right there. Jesus is trying to help her understand, Mary, you don't have to be sad anymore. I'm right here. Imagine if more of us realize that he's right here. I'm getting ready to challenge you a little bit today. Just because you don't see him doesn't mean he's not there. Jesus promised us that he would never leave us and he would never what? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 13, 5 and 6 out of the Passion Translation. Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says, don't be obsessed with money, but live content with what you have. For you always have God's presence. And if you understand in context there, it's telling you that God's presence is more valuable than money. So he says here, for hasn't he promised you I will never leave you alone? Never. I will not loosen my grip on your life so that we can say with great confidence, I know the Lord is for me. And I will never be afraid of what people may do to me. See, folks, we should be able to say with great confidence, because we know Jesus is with us, that I will never be afraid of what anyone can do to me because I know that God is for me. You know, people say to me all the time in the gym and other places, they'll walk up to me and they'll say, I've been exposed. And my response is always the same, saying, what is that to me? I've been exposed to. I've been exposed to Jesus. So I'm actually more confident that you'll get healed being exposed to me than I'll catch COVID being exposed to you. How many know if Jesus is with you, there's no sickness and disease with him? Oh, Lord. That's what makes it tough, right? See, we quote all of this, we say this, but we don't live this. I know he's with me. Then live like it. Hello. You know, in the gym, they've now taken the stickers off. So you had to work on every other machine. Now you can work out next to each other. You ought to see the fear on the people. Out of courtesy, I think you saw me yesterday. I, I just asked the lady, are you okay? Because I'm getting ready to use this machine. <laughs> Translation, you will have to leave because I'm getting ready to get my workout in. <laughs> Folks, I've got news for you today. Jesus is alive. Oh, I need a little better than that. I, folks, I got news for you today. Jesus is alive. And guess what? He is on your side. He is for you. That verse 6 there in Hebrews chapter 13 said, so that we can say with great confidence, I know the Lord is for me. Come on, say it with great confidence. Say, I know the Lord is is for me. Say it after me. Say, I know, I know. The, Lord the Lord is for me. 
Come on, say it again like you mean it. Say, I know the Lord is for me. Come on, type it in online. Type it in. I know the Lord is for me. If you know the Lord is for me, live like that. Matthew 18, 20, the Passion Translation says, For wherever two or three come together in honor of my name, it says, I am right there with them. Folks, Jesus promised that he would never leave us and he would never forsake us. See, I I challenge you today, is that true for you? Is Jesus alive in your life? Do you believe he's standing right there beside you? Right? Whether you believe it or not, folks, he is there. Whether you can see him or not, he is with you. So Jesus loves us. He gives us joy. And how many know that resurrection should transform us by offering us hope and by surprising us with joy? How many know joy is a fruit of the Spirit? not determined by our circumstances. You should have that 24 hours a day, seven days a week. When someone asks you how you're doing, you should explode on them. I'm doing so good that if it gets any better, it might be two of me running around here. Come on, somebody. I'm so tired of us not looking like God is who he said he is in our life and that Jesus is alive to the glory of. There should be so much joy in the body of Christ that we make people jealous because they are not like we are all the time. Joy is an expression. It is a fruit of the Spirit that demonstrates that he is alive in my life. You can have joy with no money in your pocket. You can have joy after getting a bad report from the doctor. You can have joy after, you know, something terrible happens in your family. Why? Because you know Jesus is for you. And once you know Jesus is for you, I already know how this is getting ready to work out. Some of you all need to just start your victory dance before you actually get the physical manifestation of that victory. It just demonstrates that, Father, I know you've already done this for me. Hallelujah. Can we give a victory praise for about five seconds? Letter C, Jesus changes our perspective. Let's look at verse 15, 20, verse 16. John chapter 20, verse 15. Jesus changes our perspective. Jesus said to her, woman, Why are you weeping? Who are you seeking? She, supposing him to be the gardener, said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. So thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you carried him away, I wonder how many times we've had conversations with people and we didn't know it was Jesus. See, the Bible tells us to be careful how we entertain strangers because some have entertained angels unaware. I wonder how many times Jesus showed up and we didn't know it was him because we were looking for it some other way. And usually when it's Jesus, because he always does exceedingly abundantly above, I mean, he's always thinking higher than you are. So typically, wherever you're looking for him at, how many know he's way higher than where you're looking for him at? And a lot of times we miss him because we don't recognize he's actually there. 
So Mary Magdalene, she doesn't get it. She doesn't recognize the angels, and now she mistakes Jesus for the gardener. Now, I want you to show you, show you process here. When you're in despair, when, when your life lacks hope, typically he's going to send some angels to help you. And then when you don't recognize the angels, he says, this is a job for me. Y'all ain't ready for this today. See, he never gives up on trying to help you. So Mary doesn't get it. She mistakes Jesus for the gardener. She's so wrapped up in her world that she can't see what God's world must be like. See, and this is us, folks. We get so wrapped up in our world that we never see things from his perspective. We get so wrapped up in our pandemic. So we've let this pandemic govern our whole lives. I'm getting ready to challenge somebody online right now. We let it govern our whole lives. I would not stop coming to church because I didn't want to get in the habit of not coming to church. And for some people, that's all it is. You're just out of the habit of coming to church. How many times have you said it? January 1st, I'm going to start back up. Resurrection weekend, I'll be back. Resurrection is coming gone and you're still in the bed. Because he's got some marching orders here in a moment. I'll be back once we get a little further along with the vaccinations. Really? Should tell you we were somewhere yesterday. It's just how I, it's just how I work. So they made something for me. I ordered something. I watched them grab the cup, do everything with it, and then they put it in a container to hand it to me. So I said, didn't you put your hands on it and handle it and, and put the drink in there and do all that? What was the purpose of putting it in a container to hand it to me? Is that safer for me? Didn't I? What did I tell her? I said, I would have trusted it right out of your hand. Because in reality, folks, I can't get nothing from you that doesn't come from God. <laughs> did I not say that? Right in the drive-thru. The person was so stumped, didn't even have an answer for it. Because it doesn't make sense. You grabbed the cup, you made the drink, you shook the thing up, did all that, then you're going to put it in a container and hand it to me. Say the container. Just hand me the drink. See, sometimes we get so caught up in the world that we lose sight of God's perspective of these things, right? We don't begin to see how God is working through this. Folks, I need you all to understand, God didn't call this, but God is working through this. The key is, are you listening to him? Are you cooperating with him? We watched a television show the other day, and there were more billionaires made in the last 14 months than in the history of the United States of America. Some of them, all they're doing is staying at home and taking selfies and pictures, hello somebody, and making millions. And we're talking about, I'm going to wait to do something for Jesus until they get more vaccinations out here. I mean, oh, the resurrection should change our perspective. 
What is it going to take for us to see God in this world from his perspective? That's Colossians chapter 1 for us. That's our hallmark text from the Message Bible. It's going to take Jesus rising from the dead and then calling us by name. And he's using me today to bring this message to you. Look at the very next verse. John chapter 20, verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary, almost snap out of it. Mary, snap out of it. Mary, it's me, Jesus. Why are you still in despair? Why are you weeping? Why are you crying? Why do you have the wrong perspective? I'm right here. There's a story. There was once a little girl who loved hippopotamus, and she wanted desperately to see a hippopotamus. And so she went down to the riverbank, and, and she stood on this huge rock, and she looked all across the water looking for a hippopotamus. And then suddenly, the rock below her began to move. <laughs> and she realized she was standing on top of the hippopotamus. Folks, I came to tell you today, a lot of you all are out there at the river looking for Jesus out in the water. But I'm telling you, you're standing right on top of him. He's right there with you right now. He's right on your side. He's in you. He is for you. Come on, somebody. He has not come to harm you. He came to give you life and give you that life in abundance. He's right here, folks. What are we scared of? That's all he did to Mary was he shook her out of herself. He said, Mary, the ground beneath her feet, I can imagine, just began to sway as she realized that it was actually Jesus standing there calling her by her name. What can take a terrible, no good, rotten pandemic day and make it new? A change in perspective. Instead of talking so much about what happened to you, start talking about what God is doing in you. I lost the eye. This happening. We got, no, God is doing some great things. He, he's repositioning some things. God is setting me up for greater. Come on, somebody. You can locate us by our conversations. Good news is that Jesus is alive, folks, and I believe he sent me here today to call your name, to shake you out of your sleep, to get you out of your bed. Our commander-in-chief has marching orders. We've got work to do, and if the church is scared, then there's no hope for this world. Go with me to John chapter 10, verses, we're going to read verses 14 and then 27 through 29. John 10, 14, Jesus defines himself this way. He says, I am 
the good shepherd. I alone, I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, am the good shepherd. And I know those whose hearts are mine, for they recognize me and they know me. Look at what he says in verse 27. My own sheep will hear my voice, and I know each one, watch this, and they will follow me. I give to them the gift of eternal life, watch this, and they will never be lost, and no one has the power to snatch them out of my hands. Folks, if you follow Jesus, you will never get lost. And COVID, the devil, and nothing else can snatch you out of God's hand. If he is for you, you keep living your life for Jesus, keep giving God all the glory, do exactly what he instructed you to do. The safest place you could ever be is in the will of God. Find out what God's word said, do that, and it will keep you free from all hurt, harm, and danger. Verse 29 says, my father who has given them to me as a gift, you are a gift from the father to Jesus. The father is the mightiest of all, and no one has the power to snatch them from my father's care. Folks, I don't walk around in confidence in myself. I walk around in confidence that if God be for me, I'm not concerned about what's trying to come against me. So I live my life like he is on my side and he is bigger than anything this world tries to bring against me. It is time for the body of Christ to rise and take our rightful position during times like this. These churches, folks, we should be out witnessing, giving people the hope. Jesus is still the hope of the world. But we can't tell them if we stand in our houses. The Lord of the universe knows you. And that should change the way you see life. That should change your perspective. That should change how you go in the interviews. That should change how you walk around. I'm not walking in here by myself. God is coming in here with me. That's to change how you do everything in life, knowing that the Lord of the universe knows you by name. If you don't know Jesus, he wants to give you a whole new perspective. He wants you to trust him. He's telling you that he really has risen from the grave. He came back just to tell you, and that should change everything in your life. Jesus is inviting you to know him today. He's inviting you to allow him to speak your name personally. He wants you to come to him today and tell him all of your brokenness, tell him everything that's going wrong. And Jesus is going to tell you, I have already fixed it. Just come to me. If you already know Jesus, then he's calling you again. He's calling you deeper in your relationship with him. He's calling you to trust him further. He's calling you to keep on walking, to keep on believing. He's inviting you to change the way you see life beginning today. You are standing on Christ right now. He's not just beside you. He's carrying you. He's bearing the weight of your suffering. Folks, for the body of Christ, he's literally, I promise you, if you'll allow him to, he will keep COVID away from you. 
Man, I need a love. I wish I was just, I wish I was really in a church that believed that. Folks, God died on that cross, and he took every form of sickness and disease, and he nailed it to that cross. Do we believe that? And as long as we look to Jesus, it'll keep all forms of sickness and disease away from us. Last one for today. Jesus gives us resurrection life. Mary was dead when she arrived at that tomb. Hopeless, lifeless. Concerned that the seven demons might return. Maybe I'll be an outcast again. Maybe they won't accept me anymore. She's emotionally dead. She had no hope. But suddenly, she realizes Jesus is alive. My prayer for you today is that your spiritual eyes will be open and God will give you a suddenly and you'll realize that he is alive in your situation. Even though it looks dead, he wants to resurrect it back to life if you'll allow him to. Hallelujah. So his resurrection is about to give her resurrection. Notice the transformation that takes place in her life. She went from calling him sir and a gardener to a much higher name. Verse 16 says, Jesus said to her, Mary, she turned to him and said, Rabboni, which is to say teacher. This is the moment when she realizes he's alive and she calls him by a special name. She does not call him teacher. She does not call him a prophet. She calls him Rabboni. Rabboni is a more personal way of saying rabbi. She's saying that you're not just a teacher. You are my teacher. And folks, that's all he wants to be for you today is your personal teacher. He can teach you how to fix your marriage. He can teach you how to prosper. He can teach you how to get healed or, or receive the healing he's already provided for you. He can teach you anything you need to know if you'll let him. So notice the transformation. She went from gardener to sir to Rabboni. Verse 17 and 18. How many of you know that moment she realizes and she falls to her feet and just grabs him and begins to worship him. How many know when you truly know him and you know he's alive, you can't help but worship him? Come on, every true believer online, every true believer in this room, just take a few seconds to worship him as Lord of your life. Let's go ahead and do that right now. That's not a hand clap. Those are words. Those are hands lifted up. Come on, adore him, honor him. Magnify him. Tell him that he is your personal teacher. Even though I'm standing up here, he's actually the one doing the teaching. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I worship you today, Jesus. I worship you, Father. You are the Lord of my life. You are my personal teacher. And there's nobody else like you in my life. Help me to always see life from your perspective 
and not the news in this world's perspective. Hallelujah. Verse 17 and 18, Jesus said to her, do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to my father. But listen to what she said. He says to her, but go to my brethren and say to them, I am ascending to my father and your father, and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken things to her. Notice now her transformation is elevated even higher. She goes from sir, from the gardener to sir, to Rabboni, to Lord. Hallelujah. Lord is a Greek word, kurios. And she's identifying him as her master. She's identifying him as God. She's saying he is the one that is the supreme in authority. Notice how Jesus personalized that. He said, I'm going not just to my father, but I'm going to my father, Mary, and I'm going to your father, making them equal. Folks, we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Come on, you all ain't ready for this today. If If you understood that, Right there, then you're an heir of God. Everything in this earth belongs to you. He put it here for you. Go get it. He said, to my father and to your father. See, to be a child of God is to have life. To have God as your father is to have resurrection life. John 17, 3 says, and this is eternal life, that you may know the one and true God and Jesus Christ whom he has sent. John 10, 10 says, the thief comes for one thing in mind, and he wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. Jesus said, but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect, life in its fullness until it overflows. Let's all stand to our feet. Will you receive the gift of Jesus today? I want to challenge you online. He wants to know your name. He already knows it, but he wants to call it as a child of God. Mary Magdalene immediately went to the disciples with that news. And she said to them, I have seen the Lord. I've seen Curios. I've seen my master. I've seen God. And she told them all the things that he said to her. Jesus' resurrection should transform our lives, each and every one of us. It should give us hope. It should surprise us with joy. It should change our perspective. And it should give us resurrection life. Now, I need you all to understand something today. I'm talking to believers and unbelievers. Mary Magdalene had experienced Jesus. She was one of the ones that financed his ministry. She was a part of his traveling team. But when life hit her, she didn't know him. She didn't recognize him. I want to talk to the believers for a minute. It is highly possible to be in church and not know God and not know Jesus. 
I want to challenge you online. It is highly possible to watch this every week and still not have a person. No one had a more personal relationship than Mary did. I mean, when pressure hit and life hit, it revealed that she didn't know him like she thought she did. And so I'm talking to the church today, and I'm talking to those that he doesn't know your name or he hadn't called it personally yet. So if you're in this building or you're watching online right now, I want you to know that God loves you. He wants to give you hope. He wants to surprise you with joy. Come on, he wants to resurrect your life, but you have to allow him to do that. And so if you're watching online or you're in this building and you don't have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ, don't fight that off today. Life is not as good as it can be without him in your life. Don't fight it off today. He sent me to share that information personally with you. So if you want a personal relationship with God, I want to pray with you. Secondarily, you might say, Pastor, I'm already saved, but I can tell I've gotten away from God. I can see I don't trust him or know him like I thought I did. I can see my responses are an indication that I have this world's perspective. So if you're watching online, you're in this room, and you want to rededicate or you want to come back to Christ, I want to pray with and for you. Today is our step two. Today is Connect the Family. Maybe you want to join Linked Up Church. You don't have a church home. And the Holy Spirit has confirmed inside of you that this is where he wants you planted. This is where he wants you to join. My wife and I, this staff, will be happy to receive you and we'll pray for you every single day of our lives. So now, while every eye is closed in prayer, every head is bowed and every eye is closed in prayer, no one moving, no one talking unless you've been assigned to do so. I gave three invitations today. First was to give your life to God, have a personal relationship with God through receiving his son, Jesus. Second, rededicate, come back to Christ. Third, join Linked Up Church. Online and in the room, I want to pray for you, but I only know that you desire prayer on any one of those three invitations by the lifting up of your hand. So if you want prayer today, would you lift your hand straight up in the air? Just lift it up and keep it up. Lift it up as high as you can. God bless you, sir. Thank you for your obedience today. God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you for your obedience today. Anyone else? You want a personal relationship with God. You want to give your life to Christ. You want to come back to Christ. Or you want to join Linked Up Church. If you didn't raise your hand that first time, but in your heart you believed you should have, God's just opening up another window for you right now because he loves you so much. If you didn't raise it that first time, but in your heart, you know you should have. Lift it up now if you want prayer. Lift that hand up. Keep it up. I see both of those hands. Anyone else? Lift it up. Keep it up. All right, I want you to do me one more favor. I haven't forgot about you online. If I want you to do me one more favor. If you have your hand lifted up, I want you to gather up all of your belongings. Come meet me right down here at the front. Linked up church. Give them a big round of applause as they come. Praise God. I just want to make sure I have everyone. Sir, I saw that hand go up right there in the purple shirt. I saw that hand go up right here. I just want to love on you. Let's make her feel real good today. Big decision. And you tap him for me. Sir, I want you to know God loves you. We love you too. I saw that hand, man. Get everything God wants you to have today. Come on down here, my brother. I'm going to fight with you and fight for you. 
Was that hand up for, for anything? Right there, purple. I, you good? Fully saved? Let me hear you pray in other tongues. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyone else in the room? Anyone else? Anyone else? Are we missing anyone? You want to give your life to Christ? You want to come back to Christ? Or you want to join Linked Up Church? Online, this is your moment. I'm getting ready to lead this group in a prayer. If you want to give your life to Christ or you want to come back to Christ, I want everyone up here at the front, just put your hand over your heart, and I want you to repeat this prayer after me. Online, you do the exact same thing. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe that he died, rose from the grave, and he is alive right now. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. As a result of what I've confessed with my mouth and what I believe in my heart, I am right now born again and in right standing with God. Praise God in Jesus' name. Church, can we give them another big round of applause? Online, if you prayed that prayer sincerely from your heart, I want you to text, get connected to the number that is on your screen. Maybe all you can do is type in, I prayed that prayer from my heart. Our media team, they'll see that follow up with you. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community. That's right. And you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services. If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities. Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll, we'll see, see you next week. week.